Money FM 89.3, best of the evening runway. Regional Roundup. Money of M89.3. Good afternoon. It is the evening runway. I'm Elliot Danker. It is time now to take a look at headlines coming out from the Southeast Asian region. And this week, our focus will be on Malaysia from the conclusion of the 10th Singapore-Malaysia Leaders Retreat to Malaysian Prime Minister Anwar Ibrahim, revealing that the U.S. has tried to pressure Malaysia on the Palestine-Israel conflict. Let's get some analysis right now from Dr. Mustafa Izzuddin, Senior International Affairs Analyst at Solaris Strategies Singapore. Dr. Mustafa, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thanks a lot for taking the time to help us out with this. Let's start off with the conclusion of the 10th Singapore-Malaysia Leaders Retreat. It is the first to be held since the pandemic. Lots of catching up to do, I would imagine. Your thoughts on the dynamics for this retreat? How is it different since we've got Dr. Mahade Mohamad attending the last one back in 2019? Now it's Anwar Ibrahim. No, I think it's an important uh, retreat because it's taking place after the pandemic. And if you, as you mentioned as well, this is the first retreat that Anwar Ibrahim as Prime Minister uh, will, uh, has attended this retreat. So uh, it's, it is rather momentous uh, in that regard. And also Anwar is a good friend of Singapore. He knows Singapore well. So this is his team. So his team and him at the helm, I think, gives this retreat you know, a renewed uh, importance. Doctor, let's talk a little bit about some of the conversations that happened. A lot of analysts expecting sensitive, long-standing bilateral issues to be discussed. Did it happen? Did it go according to plan? No, I, I think it has. I think it has helped to revitalize the commitment of both sides that this uh, relationship is important. In fact, this uh, Singapore-Malaysia relationship or Malaysia-Singapore relationship is one of the most important bilateral relationships in Southeast Asia. And the relationship, as it, uh, as it is, the stronger it is, the more cohesive it is at the regional level for ASEAN as well. So I think if, as far as the more thorny issues are concerned, I think uh, more likely to have been discussed behind closed doors. I, I think in the, in the public area, it's really to focus more on cooperation and focusing on areas that can bring richer benefit to both countries. All right. Mr. Anwar Ibrahim has revealed that the United States is trying to pressure Malaysia on the Palestine-Israel conflict. Uh, FYI, of course, uh, Hamas leaders have been hosted by Malaysia as recently as, I'm thinking, 2020. Experts claim that Hamas has a so-called unofficial embassy in Malaysia. Their words. Doctor, your thoughts and could you share with us some details of this diplomatic notice? I mean, what kind of requests were being made from the United States here? I mean, diplomatic notices are actually quite common uh, in diplomatic interactions or in international relations. So it's not something that's uh, unconventional. But it is one that uh, countries have to be cautious and do judiciously do because it can have consequences of bilateral relations. So I think in this case, I think for the U.S. is about the position of Malaysia on Hamas. Uh, And I think the way perhaps how you frame and phrase it will actually be really is a crucial factor here. Mm. So I think for Malaysia, the way they have interpreted this notice is one of pressure. Okay. Now, uh, where this, so this interpretation for them could, of course, be aligning themselves to domestic political sentiments, uh, ground sentiments, and of course, politically, it would be beneficial for him as well. But more importantly, Malaysia is a sovereign country. Mm. It makes its own decisions. So having a notice like that would be something that Malaysia would push back on. Mm. So, so, Doctor, interpretation that it's pressure, when you put the word pressure there, you can't help but counter use the word yeah. defy pressure. So so is there, is there pressure to defy them and put labels on Hamas? 
I think for Malaysia, I think it has a number of factors. It has to it has several factors that it has to take into consideration before it makes that kind of position. Now, Malaysia is, of course, uh, a strong supporter of the Palestinian cause. So they look at it from that perspective. But I think more importantly here is, see, diplomatic notices can inform but uh, perhaps in this case, it seems more like an instruction, yeah. which could be tantamount to kind of a pressure as an interpretation of it. So therefore, for Malaysia as an independent sovereign country, that's why it's pushing back on it. Now, whether in the end it, it wants to uh, align itself with what the, what the Americans uh, want it to do, I think will be ultimately a decision that Malaysia would make on its own rather than be pressured okay. or be told by another country. Fair point. Dr. Mustafa, let's talk about Malaysia announcing its next and 17th king, uh, Sultan yes. Ibrahim Sultan Iskandar from the southern state of Johor. Wow, this is going to be quite interesting when the ceremony comes around. Help us to understand the rotation that they have um, and how the next king is, is chosen. Am I correct to say that they call it Agong? Yeah, they call it Agong, correct. So Agong is the head of the country. Okay. Uh, head of state, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and how do they how do they make these selections? How is the rotation des- decided? I, I think Malaysia has a very unique uh, elective monarchical okay. system in the way that they choose their rulers. So it is uh, primarily through the conference of rulers, and this is made up of the nine rulers uh, or hereditary rulers, uh, and uh, and also uh, and, and they also make up the other for governors as well. But the when it comes to the choice of the king, there's an election that takes place. And this is decided primarily by the nine rulers. Uh, and so the nine rulers will decide. So they have a rotational system that's in place. So in the past, it used to be on seniority, but that has uh, been replaced by an order. The way that it goes, is there's always a one, one state after another would, would rotate that. So provided it's, uh, they qualify for it, because if you're a minor, you also are not qualified for it. There are a few criteria that you have to fulfill. Uh, so if you fulfill that criteria, and if it's your state, then you would assume that that responsibility. But of course, the ruler itself must be willing to do it. So if the ruler decides that I don't want to be the king of Malaysia, then it would skip his turn and it go to the next state. So that's how it was as a rotational uh, way of doing it. So I think after Johor, if my if I'm, my understanding is right, then it would be paid out. So ah. it would be that kind of system that they have in place. Okay. Uh, tell and, so, and, it's for, and it's for a five-year term, so you're not, ah. you cannot be re-elected. Okay. So you can only okay. serve one five year term. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's quite interesting. Uh, as you mentioned, tell us a bit about uh, Sultan Ibrahim Sultan Iskandar. What do we know about him? What what makes him interesting? I, I believe uh, some years ago he ordered a custom 747 that was gold in colour. I mean, he's, he's one of the more uh, sort of entertaining, I guess, <laughs> but also quite vocal. Okay. But I think more importantly, I think he's someone who understands Malaysia well. I yeah, think he's yeah. uh, very experienced. Uh, and I think uh, I think Johor in particular state is very important, of course, to Malaysia. And he's uh, well respected in his state. Uh, and he's known across, of course, across the country as well. And of course, he's known very, very much to Singapore being our immediate neighbor mm. uh, in Malaysia. So I think, uh, I think with him, I think we can, uh, I think we can expect someone who is perhaps a little bit more outspoken. But I think he will understand how to balance between being being vocal on issues that matter and also protecting the uh, the very revered uh, monarchical institution from being polarized or from being politicized. Mm, I believe his uh, sons were also in the news during the pandemic, helping out. I think paying for for groceries uh, at one of the giant uh, grocery stores. Quite interesting. Okay, so we're expecting him to be slightly different from previous kings in the sense that he would be a little bit more vocal. 
I think we can expect that based on his uh, based, what, based on 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 what he has done in the past. But of course, this is a very different. It's a different institution than Fair being enough. a ruler of a state. So Fair perhaps enough. he may change his style. He may change his approach. So I think we should just wait and see what his, uh, you know, what uh, his uh, you know, the way that he, he would mm-hmm. do things. Mm-hmm. But it was really going to be interesting is the relationship between himself and Anwar Ibrahim ah. uh, and how that how their relationship would work. But I, I think I think Anwar Ibrahim I think has already uh, sort of met with the the new king. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it, it does seem... So this relationship is really very important for the stability of Malaysia and for that to have that proper check and balance as well. So both institutions are really important executives, of yeah. course, and this one, the monarchical institution. Yeah, keywords there, important for the stability of Malaysia. I've been speaking with Dr. Mustafa Izzuddin, who is Senior International Affairs Analyst, Salaris Strategies Singapore. Dr. Mustafa, thank you so much for your time. Take care and have a great Wednesday evening. Thank you very much. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.